0: Stories of the human spirit, candid
1: conversations about action, passion, and love. The law of action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action, overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker,
0: advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis.
1: Welcome to the show. All right, action takers. Today's guest is so freaking awesome. She is a massive action taker. And it's great because I wanna share I want her to share when she gets on of how she, how we actually cross paths and what's possible when you ask, like that's really, really important. The power of asking, and you will be amazed at what has happened in a very short amount of time by her willingness to break through her fear and just ask and what happened. I mean, the chain of events that have occurred are huge. All right, before I bring her on, I want to let you know about her. She's crazy smart like seriously smart. She's certified in wellness from Yale University. I didn't even apply there. I mean, I just, I, I didn't even think to, not. She studied at MIT, a uh, small little school called Harvard, uh, Princeton, uh, Berkeley, Dartmouth, uh, just, just to name a, a few. Uh, she is a speaker and author of the new book, See Change, creator of the popular purpose movement, and the Sea Change Method Workshops. I mean, busy action taker. And what the workshop does, it hacks Ivy League neuroscience, business and psychology to jump the line to your own success. So the law of action is really very intuitive for me. She's got the science behind it, like really the science behind it. Now, she has a new radio show on WWPR and it helps listeners unstick what holds them back to find purpose, suspending doubt and grab their destiny. Matter of fact, I'm gonna be on the show, I'm super pumped about that. Her sea change moment happened when she pivoted from being a nationally award-winning interior designer, like seriously, well, look how beautiful your backdrop is, I mean, really, to earning her credentials in data science from MIT, all while learning to balance her struggles in severe dyslexia. So she overcame her fear, she didn't let anything stop her, and she is having tremendous success. She is a true action taker, and she lives a life of inspired action. Hello, Audrey Lawrence.
0: Wow, that was amazing. Can you just do that again? I'm going to Walmart later, and I can guarantee you I would get a cart if like, the door swung open and Rob did that. There's just something about your voice. I want like that morning Rob wake up call where my phone rings and it's you like announcing me because I don't think I've ever felt so good about myself until like this single moment. Like that's beautiful what you said, but you know, when you do it with that velvet chocolate voice, suddenly it becomes like so real. Hi, how are you? Oh, you are
1: now my most favorite guest. I
0: am. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. This is so cool for me and it's very new. This is a very new experience. So if I fumble along the way, be gracious to me and tell me how I can improve because this is seriously green terrain for me, but I'm excited for it and I love it. I can't wait to learn more.
1: Well, I'm really excited to have you on here. Um, you know. It's so cool. So, like, I I talked to the introduction about asking, and you need to understand something. If you see someone who you feel is successful, or that you um, really appreciate their success, or you just think, oh my God, they're 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 bigger than life, you need to understand that person is just another fellow human being, and that person of how you see them, there is a possibility for you to reach out to them. And ask them for something. And what's powerful about that is that a lot of times they'll say yes. And how you approach them. So it's so funny. So I, I.
0: And you've been so gracious. You have opened the door. I was able to reach out to you, the Rob, the man of action, Mister Actus himself. But what oh, was amazing about it? You got the name it,
1: right. Oh, you got the name right. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, I know how to read
0: some days. Funny and
1: story. I love Audrey. I gotta say. So, I was on a radio show the other day, and she goes, "And now, please welcome." I'll do Rob. it. Okay, do it.
0: I said, "Please welcome Rob Actus." No, no, I you said, "Welcome." I mean. What did I say? I said, "Welcome at-kiss, Rob at-kiss,
1: atkiss, and I'm like, oh. yeah. So I, it's a
0: live, live I don't want to say it like, again because I'll get it wrong.
1: Okay. Don't do it. Get it wrong. So it's just funny. So she said my name a couple of times and I'm just like, okay, should I correct her on her own radio show on her, you know, naturally broadcast radio show? Yeah. I'm not going to do that, but you're so adorable and it's just funny. So, okay. Continue the story. So here's and the he was a
0: gentleman about it. And then afterwards he says, you know, two things you should really get your mic better. And, you know. Rob is a real pro, you know, those of us who are framing and want to be there. And then there's the pro pros. And he goes, Also, you should probably look at the sort of acclamation in my name and, and, like, and get that. Yeah, and I thought my
1: name right. that'd be just oh so my awesome.
0: God. <laughs> so I get off air and everyone's like, How did like the amazing interview go? You've been looking so forward, this really special author. I said, Well, if the mic didn't need to be on and I got his name wrong, counts for anything. It was amazing aside from that. Like, but it's a learning curve. So and you've allowed me to learn. You have opened your, let's say, what, what is it? You've opened kindness to me. You've allowed access. I reached out to you a few months ago when we were just finishing the book and I was looking for people to talk about the book because you know how this business goes. You have to have really smart people or people who have gone through that path sort of welcome you. That's what publishers want to see. And that's what your media feed wants to see. And again, totally new to how this game works. So I reached out and I'm telling you in like 4 seconds I had this beautiful connection, a video, a quote, wanted to learn more about my products and my book and I was like, "Oh my gosh, maybe when I have a little more I should reach out to him again." And sort of coyly, you you don't want to overstep your boundaries, you don't want to be rejected, but it was important that I just make that effort. Even if it meant, you know, having to knock on 10 other doors. But it wasn't even a question. You were kind. You were gracious. You were sharing. And I think that is the evidence of true intellectual property. You truly are smart if you're willing to give it away. If you're brave enough to say, hey, I know how this works. And P.S., I don't covet this. I'm going to share it with the world. In that is like seeds of growth. And I so admire that about you. Like I'm taking notes. I'll put that in my book of things to do because I think it's a really elegant process.
1: Well, thank you. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I, I really am excited. And the, what really got me was because you have the science behind a lot of what I just intuitively share. And you were like, well, the reason this works and why this part of the book works is because of this. And I'm like, look, I went to a year of community college. Most of the time I never went to class. I was on the radio there and I focused on that and you went a different path. And what it did was it really made me feel even more solid than I feel because I believe to the nth degree of what I'm telling people is fact. And I didn't have scientifically backed fact behind it. I just knew this was my life experience and this is where I failed and this is where I succeeded and this is the result. And then you came by and you go, well, the reason this is because of this and because of this and it's scientifically proven because of this and I'm like wow, I need to talk to you more because you're like the yin to my yang. You know, you're like the, the it's just so amazing. It, it just blew my mind that there was actual scientific. I just thought it was just my life experience and that was really cool. So tell me more about sea change and how you've taken this journey of action and really applied a lot of the law of action into it And then the scientific because that just blew my mind like it's just jazzed me so much
0: it is the law of action and it's really cool when you find that common sense that you know is true and you feel it but now it's backed up in science so now you reiterate these mentalities and you own them at a new level but for me i was always that why how kid Like, don't just tell me I need to medicate. Or did I say medicate? I mean, meditate. (laughs) Uh,
1: That too. We all need to medicate. I apparently haven't taken my medicine this morning yet. But yeah, I will. They'll come by with the little cup shortly.
0: You know, I needed to know why meditation was important. Because you hear it everywhere. I think I get tired of those one-liners, those fortune cookie quotes that mean I'm supposed to do well in life and rah-rah and you move forward. I needed to know more about why purpose actually works in our mind or why we need to meditate. Because guess what? I'm not very good at meditating. I pretty much suck at it. So having to sort of understand what meditation does in our brains helps me sort of hack what I can get out of meditation. It's not just being rolled up in a ball, freezing my butt off on a yoga mat in some studio somewhere because I'm supposed to be so quiet that it's so loud in disruptive noises from the air conditioning. Like I just, I can't get there yet. I'm working on it, but the reason behind meditation is that it quiets a piece of our brain. There's a piece of our brain that is actually all over the place. It's called the default mode network. And if you knew that half your brain is like a crazy monkey throwing you off course all day long and the idea to focus doesn't really exist.
1: Oh, including- I know that. Oh, I ha- I have the crazy monkey all, yeah, yeah. As someone with ADHD, the crazy monkey is with me all the time and I embrace it and I love my crazy monkey.
0: I love it. But what would you tell your children at the idea that we as people, and this is such an important point to me, we as people hit our goals. Are you ready? We hit our personal goals 7% of the time. Is that not really? shocking to that anybody?
1: Shocking. Well, it's not shocking at all. You know, <clears throat> I i saw that movie Limitless where he uses 100% of his brain and I'm like, I want that pill. Like that was so cool. and. I know how powerful the brain is because I have seen people accomplish tasks that just make me speechless. And I have accomplished tasks that make me speechless. Exactly. I know from the bottom of my gut and my soul that I'm not using as much of my brain as I can. And... I have discovered I have been able to unleash parts of my brain that Absolutely. I never knew were possible. And I also yeah. do some mind hacking. I use some product called Qualia, which is a company called Neurohacker, and that just lights your stuff up. Like, So I know that's possible, and I'm always trying to hack my brain to use more of it.
0: Absolutely. And when I started looking at the movement of the brain and understanding some of these neuro studies, it's not the idea that meditation in and of itself is the best product. It's the byproduct of meditation, that the people who meditate become more calm because they control this part of their brain. And if I could figure out how to trick that funny monkey in my head to claim back some of that wasted, hello, 50% wasted PS, which is tremendous. To claim back some of that lost energy, that I could harness, some of that that I could then apply it towards other parts of my life, because I have a lot of goals. Super challenged in the focus department. Uh, Obviously, I've talked about a little bit about dyslexia. We
1: get along so well because (laughs) your your funny monkey likes my funny monkey. Yes, we get along really well.
0: But it needs to be. I always felt like the conversation needs to be had. We wouldn't send our children out the door saying, go hit your goals, Han, but you're probably only going to make it 70 or 7% of the time. The remaining 93% of the time, you're not going to make your goals. And that's a very sad number, considering we don't have to look too far to understand why. Why is it? What are the things that suspend us that hold us back? What are the aspects about our brain that we probably should share with fifth graders? Because I hated getting to Yale to learn that. I really could have appreciated in the sixth grade when I was struggling with focus, when I needed to understand these aspects of my brain. When the concept about my value was being shaped in my neuroscience, unfortunately, I didn't learn that. I had to go all the way to the end of my education career and then find out first day of class, oh yeah, your brain isn't so smart. Your funny brain leads you off course and here's what you should know about your brain. And I wanted to stand up in the class and say, why don't we teach this to children? Why don't we share this for everybody to hit their goals? Because people's goals aren't like, I wanna go play for the Knicks. I wanna, you know, and I'm four foot 11. People's goals are, I want better relationships, and I wanna get healthier, and I wanna pursue that small business, and I wanna find a deeper meaning and purpose. If we empowered everybody to hit their goals because we created these things that are known somewhere, and highfalutin academy science. And we give this information to everybody to help them unstick what's going on in their own lives. Imagine sort of the world intellectual property you'd unlock. Imagine all the people who could hit their goals and drive economy and drive problem solving just because we took the information we reserve for business and I've studied it in an Ivy League way to help industries kill it. Going there, letting stockholders kill it, coming home from work every day, saying, I'm exhausted. I've given the best of my life to a shareholder. And in my own life, I'm playing like whack-a-mole getting stuff done. Why don't we take this information and really shape it? It's different in our own lives, personal growth, but shape it for things that get us done. Just hack it. Just give me the cliff notes here. I want to know like, bottom, bottom, boil it down, granular distilled moment. Tell me the three things I need to know so that I can improve how my mind works to capture success. Period. Sorry, that was my long "I'm done."
1: No, it's great. OK, so. Audrey, tell us those three things. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, three things. Tell me, what are the three Absolutely. things? What do we do?
0: You know, we talk about understanding purpose. We hear so much about purpose. We hear so much about flow. And we hear so much about meditation. And what is most important, and I learned this from Dr. Lori Santos at Yale, what is so important to know is what she coins as the G.I. Joe fallacy. And it is a single sentence that knowing is not enough. Sounds pretty simple, right? Knowing is not enough. Turns out knowing is not half the battle. And if we can sort of move off of that concept that knowing is half the battle, then we can open the doors to knowledge. And that's super important. That's what this is all about.
1: So we it's have interesting. To, it's interesting. You say, so knowing is not enough. So I don't know a lot and I accomplish a lot. So I don't know if that's the same principle, but I do things that I don't know and I'm able to do them just because I don't know. So you're on
0: number two. You have suspended fear. You are a fearless guy somewhere inside you. You have wrestled with worthiness and value and what we all do, not saying you, and you've decided to shelf it. You've come up with building your brain in a way that rewards you for doing the positive things. And the more we do the positive things, the more we build those infrastructures of success, where neurons talk to neurons, building architectures of positivity, because I asked you if you would do my show, because I was brave enough to ask, now next time I'm going to ask somebody else. And because of that, it continues to build positive success. So if you had a life full of negative experiences, and you didn't fail forward, and you recoiled, and you didn't look at that opportunity as a growth moment, you'd obviously still be at your first spot.
1: Okay, so talking about fear. So my dear, 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 one of my closest friends, Rebecca, is going to listen to this show because she's such a wonderful friend. She's so supportive. And she's going to call me out if I don't say one thing. Yes, I am fearless in so many ways. And I'm not fearless in other ways. And the reason I brought this up is one, Because Rebecca would just totally call me on this and she would just like, yeah, she would call me to the carpet. However, what I want to say to the people that are listening is that you can be fearless and you can also be fearful. So I am very, very fearful of heights. Like I don't like heights. I can go in a in a race car and go 145 miles an hour. I've been in a car that went 200 miles an hour, and I'm like, wee wee. You know, you've seen that commercial, the Geico with the the lamb or the (laughs) I don't whatever with the the fan sticking out the window. That's me. Heights don't like them. I talk about them in my book. Um, I got into a helicopter. That was an amazing accomplishment for me. Rebecca and my other dear friends are inviting me to go to this, um, uh, place in Arizona and it's a confidence course and they have like the little baby, you're five feet off the ground and the 10 feet and the 20 feet and the 30 feet and the 50 feet. And I did a flying trapeze in Arizona and it took me, they laugh. I'm the longest person to ever walk up. You know, I think it's, I don't know how many, it might be 30 or 40 feet up the stairs to get to the top. It was almost 21 minutes to get to the top, but I was a comp, I was going to do it because I had to overcome my fear and I am terribly afraid. I flat out told her, I'm not going to go do the zip line. I'm not going to go do that. I really am. It's, it locks me. And there's other things. And my fear is I will talk to anybody. I was on the phone yesterday. This guy and this is about asking. It was so great. I was on a software company, big software, new new tech startup, and I was in the chat box and it happened to be. I recognized the name of the person. I'm thinking, I wonder if this is the founder and CEO. And then um, he said, Hey, can I set up a call for you? I go, um, Yeah, I'm available right now. He goes, Hey, so am I. And I knew as a CEO, and I got him on the phone, and it was amazing the conversation that I was able to have, and I wasn't intimidated. This guy's doing, you know, A level funding and He's going to go places. He's got an incredible new program. And I wasn't afraid at all. My assistant was here. She's like, how did you do that? And if you could do that, why can't you get on that zip line? Parts of our brain will allow us to do some, you know, I told them I'll go and I'll stand on the ground and I'll hold y'all purses, but it's just such a strong fear. (laughs) And the other thing is, is that I think. I don't know. I don't know if I'm an exception to the rule, but I move towards pleasure and not away from pain. So the pleasure for me was to connect with this CEO because I see the possibility of what that can do for his business and what it could do for my business and what it could do to expand all of our success. And in regards to the fear of getting on the confidence course, I don't see a lot of pleasure in that. Yes, I've already overcome a fear And I've accomplished that, but I don't see the pleasure. Now, you can use your amazing Audrey brain and help me Ah. fine tune. And maybe I can do that. But yeah, Rebecca's got to be just like, oh, my God, I called her out. She called me out. But yes, I don't want to go. But tell me, maybe I can go.
0: There's fear, which is normal and protects us from sticking our hand into the fire. And that good old hedonic caveman brain helps us understand for the purpose of surviving and and staying the herd. But then there's self-doubt. And self-doubt is that mental habit of questioning your worth. And some of those things happen built into our brain from our environment that we didn't even get to challenge. So when you're a kid, in my case, I used to be told, "Eh, you're not so good at math. Well, I was good at science. So it wasn't that I was bad at math. Just the byproduct was that I wasn't as good at math. But slowly I heard this monarch about my skills. Those things build their way into how we feel about ourselves. So as my career moves forward and I completely stay away from all things math, now I tell people I'm terrible at math. I mean, I just don't even try. But do I really not try or am I regurgitating what was told to me in my life? So I like to connect the brain conversation to imagining a wheat field. And if you think about walking through that wheat field from one side to the other, every time you walk that path becomes more well-defined. And the more times you walk that path, the clearer the path becomes so too does our brain have cells talking to other cells, creating easy neuron paths. Those paths are very easy for your brain to go to. And some of those early conversations about your value and your self-worth and your ability building self-doubt have been cut into your path, regardless of you being aware of it. And some of the self-doubt conversation is just sort of calling out, hey, guess what? I'm not so bad at math. I probably just haven't had the right teacher because I really wanted to go to MIT. I really wanted to study something that was so over my head. I had no clue about machine learning. My version of machine learning was like running the vacuum. Like seriously, if your five-year-old is turning on the TV better than you can more proficiently, I definitely have a skill gap. But I wanted to embrace that huge goal. I wanted to change my career. I wanted something big. And I just kept dismissing myself. I'm not good at math. Why? I'm an interior designer. Why would I go to MIT? And slowly, as I started learning about the brain and how learning works and dealing with the challenge of dyslexia, I'm like, wait a minute. There's some really easy transparencies about understanding how our brains work that I wanted everybody to know about. I thought it was unfair. I thought they should level the playing field for all of us who have hopes and dreams and not be like me who has this doppelganger junkyard of all the people I wanted to be. And it just keeps adding up. I want more for myself. And if the knowledge is out there, why do we save it for just? this special sector of people just for business. If the stock market does great, by like one point we hear about it. If interest rates move a quarter percent, everybody knows, but yet people can fail at 93% and everybody thinks that's okay. There's no call to action to say, why don't we empower ourselves with the knowledge we already have?
1: And I want the best for the listeners. And my funny monkey is just going crazy. I'm gonna change in my description of this show He's, he's an ENFP, he's ADHD, and he's a little dyslexic. Crazy. It, yeah, I don't know what I am, but I'm just telling you, you were going over the three steps, and people that have ADHD that are listening to the show are like, yeah, we'll get back to that in a minute. And then the people that don't are like, would you please tell me the final yes. step? Because so, I'm, so go so over we talk three, about, two, one Yes.
0: You got it. We talk about tricking that funny monkey. How is it that we give our brain bait? a playground for that default mode network to swing on. What is it that our brain likes to think about? What pulls us off topic? What are the things that the default mode network sits in? So your default mode network, when it pulls you off course, is really stuck in this self-absorbed sort of teenage brain space where like, well, they call me back? Is Rob going to text me back? Where's my phone? Is Rob going to text me? Did they like me? Did I say something wrong? You know, this is what happens when our default mode network takes over. And being able to isolate that and say, wait a minute, that conversation in my head is not the productive one. First, being able to know what it sounds like, identify when it comes up, and then re-steer that conversation towards the future. So our default mode monkey likes to think about the future. And we have to craft something for him to swing on or her to swing on. So if you have a big, huge goal and you have a dream that you want to do, my sort of mantra is to take that one single bit and just play around with it. Where you spend time meditating, and I'm terrible at it, I've said that, I spend time giving bait to my default mode network to help propel my goal forward. And I know I'm sort of boiling it down to this single sentence and there's a bit more to it, but for the sake of argument.
1: You give bait, to your default, say that one more time.
0: I give bait to my default mode network. I give that funny monkey that steals my focus, I give it an opportunity to put its energy into something positive and pull it away from the negative path it goes on. And I use some methodologies from Dr. Simihai's flow and from the character strengths of purpose. And I use some of these attributes that give that monkey something to do. Because it's, it's a fact that it happens. People who meditate, now all of this goes back to meditation because meditators have a better control of their default mode network. And what the byproduct is, is actually a bigger brain, which makes me so jealous. These great meditators get calm, clarity, purpose, focus, and a bigger brain, and I miss out on that because I'm not a very good meditator. So how can I hack that process so that I can get back that funny monkey that totally controls 50% of my fuel so that I can get stuff done? Because I got a lot of hopes here. Stuff's collecting dust while I'm waiting to get this these projects launched and my default mode network is taking over. It's just not fair. So I created a plan for myself and part of the book, which boils down default mode network and why it does that and how I've created some opportunities to stop him in his tracks, that silly monkey. and hopefully get more stuff done. I call it a duct tape fix some days, but you know what? Anything that helps me harness more potential, understanding how I can achieve goals, breaking apart purpose, grabbing onto the benefits of meditation while I'm still trying to master it, it's wins for me.
1: So how do you tame that funny monkey? Like, how do you do that?
0: You got to know what he looks like, you know, for everybody, it's different. And sometimes they flare up at all different times. So you sort of watch when you're on point and when you're off. And there's a difference between, oh, I'm exhausted and it's the end of the day and I should just save my brain to fold laundry. And that part of you that's so primed for success. And then I'm off and I'm wandering. So you've been able to keep yourself so busy with so many different balls in the air that when your monkey jumps to the next thing, you're still purpose-driven. You're doing the radio show, you're doing a campaign for this, you're running this. You've got enough on your plate that your monkey doesn't take you off course. But in my house, multitasking looks like this. I start in one room, I drop the window windex off at this room, the phone rings, I'm over here. And at the end of the day, I have not channeled any purpose. And I haven't mastered what it is to understand default mode network and get my hands around it. So having conscious practice about what it looks like, what it feels like for me when he strikes, and what does bait look like for that monkey set against my goals. My goals are X, Y, and Z. I got all this stuff going on, I'm totally new to the space. I'm learning every day. instead of lingering in those self-doubt, and we know what doubt is, doubt is just questioning my worth, so that's got to go. instead of lingering in, oh, I need to do 10 things at once, I quiet the noise, I drill into one task, I set my phone on like radio mode, or I set it on you know do not disturb, and I understand piecing apart flow because flow in the scientific aspect, undoes a lot of what that funny monkey default mode network can steal away from you. And I find practices that work for me, but it first starts with knowing when you're wasting or giving away, not your time, not just time, your dream. So you've lost time and you've lost progress to your dream. I and mean, that's like double damage. You won't get either of those back. And guess what? Someone's out there living my dream.
1: Oh, your dream is coming true. You're you're a rocket ship. You are absolutely amazing. And I just want to clarify... Yeah, I am not someone who has control of all the spinning plates. So to give you an example, I have been locked down in my house and I work out of my house and um, I have an assistant and I have my meter and you would think, and I sometimes don't leave the house for three or four or five days because I got nowhere to go. I mean, I just don't have anywhere to go and everything's here. And what's amazing to me is that I always, every day, I have like over 10,000 steps a day because I am in the kitchen. Well, so like I can go from my studio to my office, which is the door next door. And I can go do 500 steps. Cause I may, oh, I see the dog. And then I go, oh, the dog wants to play. And then I go, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing um, how distracted I am. And I have a mission and that is to inspire people to live their life in action, and to take every moment as precious. And it gets me on track. And it's funny because my big why is what gets me to get stuff done. How I get stuff done is, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm amazed at what gets accomplished, but I don't know how it gets done. Usually at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I did a lot of stuff. But my funny monkey, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, is on a path, it's like, you know, my funny monkey is a black belt in karate. And it's scary. <laughs> and it it kicks my butt often. And um it sometimes does go to sleep. And that's where my meditation comes in. And I get stuff done. Yeah. And you know, so you're scientific. So one of the things I talk about all the time is gratitude. And I think gratitude is one of the most powerful tools you can use in. Achieving success. And I think it actually opens pathways in your brain because no matter what's going on in your life, if you stop, maybe it's a little meditation, but when you give gratitude for being alive and for having the people in your life that you have and the gifts that you have, and not focus on what the have not, but what you have. I mean, even if you lost everything today, and I hope that never happens to anyone, but there are people that are suffering that. They still are alive. And that's really something to embrace. You still have your family. You still have your partner. But if you can breathe, like when I wake up in the morning and I take my first breath, conscious breath. So amazing. You know, a lot of people have had near-death experiences. I've had a few. and To think at one point you're not going to have another breath is terrifying. And to wake up and then have that breath is amazing. And that's one hell of a motivator. Like, really, if you want to be alive and you live your life like you're alive, that motivates you to do the stuff that you believe will get you to where your why is.
0: Amazing. That was so beautiful. I love learning from you. That's incredible.
1: Oh, I, have what, I want to learn tell from you. you. Thank you. I want to learn from you. So I want to make sure we get those three things because I, my funny monkey has been taking me all over the place. So three things So give me the steps. You said three, two, one, and I interrupted you at two. But what are those three steps?
0: Yeah, we want to grab that default mode. We want to isolate what focus really means to us. We want to address the benefits of understanding our purpose, which is a whole nother lifetime of conversation. And then we wanna add those two together. When you can add focus to purpose, that is the magnifier that turns into outcome. It's an equation. Purpose is the job you have to unveil for yourself and it's different for everybody. But when we can add those two together, the third part is the doing. And somebody like you is very good about explaining doing. How do we do? And in the book, I go through the do steps. I actually have the workbook in there Like breaking apart positive words and happy quotes and really doing the doing. The roll your sleeves up, get stuff done, next action, write this down, move this forward, ask this question, expedite this. And that's the project management from me. I'm a scrum master. I enjoy leading in business. I'm masters in marketing. I've really enjoyed what it is to make stuff happen for other people. First, we have to sort of undo the stuff personally that holds us back. And then we can sort of roll like a boss. And when we borrow some of those boss techniques, we see compounding results.
1: You know, one thing I really uh, admire about you, and I think that's why we connected so quickly, is I've been around a lot of Ivy League, you know, well-versed, high-level institution um, students and, and scholars and people that have gone through the system. And I don't feel any connection. And the one thing I will say about you, and I think it's really going to catapult you to the success that I foresee for you, is that you're very down to earth. You don't talk down to me. Um, I was in a conference um, recently. I was in a call on Clubhouse and the words they were using, I felt like I was in kindergarten. I couldn't understand a darn thing they were saying. Like I just, the words they were using were all simple words, but the way that they were, Using them, I'm like, this doesn't even make sense to me. And you have are so brilliant. You have so much knowledge, and you have so much value to add to people. And you you talk in a way that is very easy to listen to. It's very simple, and I think that's one of your keys to success.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. I believe if you cannot, and I'll borrow from Einstein, if you can't explain it to a six year old then you probably don't understand it yourself. And I love to piece things apart to that smallest piece that I could explain to a kid. That includes algorithms. At MIT, I worked on a project where I actually was able to explain linear regression to six-year-olds. And after that, and I am not a PhD, let me be clear, I had PhDs coming up to me saying, I never looked at gradient descent and linear regression like that. Sometimes... I think it's the dyslexic brain in me. I have to just put it on a paper napkin, invert it in a new way, spell it out so that I could explain it to a first grade audience and, you know, feel comfortable in knowing it so that I can share it.
1: You know, one of the things that I really want to bring up is your dyslexia and my ADHD and I think that you do the same as I and I want other people to do this as well is to embrace it. It is a gift. I do not consider it a disability in any way, shape, or form. You, being dyslexic, and I know a few people that are dyslexic, and me having ADHD and all the other ADHDers, we are able to do things, and our brain functions in a way that the people that are considered not disabled can't even fathom of doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a a very interesting path. The person who says it so succinctly is, uh, I'd say, Dean uh, Braggoneer. He has a TED Talk. And if you're dyslexic or if you love somebody who is, go check out The Gift of Dyslexia because he has such eye-opening information about why it became an issue and where it stems from in culture and the shame associated with it and who can help unlock futures for young people who are growing and struggling with it. And it's just such a cool space to be um, in that space and understand that there's a future for you, regardless of your success rate being potentially low, but your creativity being very high. And it looks like education has finally woken up.
1: Yeah. And the one thing I will tell you, if you're really creative, and I, I think it was the um JetBlue, the founder of that and the CEO, I don't know if he's still the founder, it's been a while ago, but he had ADHD. And he became so successful. His creativity, just look at, look at JetBlue. It's just such an incredible airline. And what he did was, and what I do, is I surround myself with people that are the missing links to what my brain doesn't function as.
0: That's like, why we get along so well.
1: <laughs> exactly. So like, I can do this and I can't do that. And if people will just realize where their strengths are, and where their weaknesses are, and let other people feel, fill those gaps, no stopping. Just there, no it stopping. Is,
0: it is okay to defer and hand out what you're not good at. It is absolutely fine. And that's what you know. people who have found success are able to sort of isolate what they don't do well and defer the rest. I love that.
1: If you're listening and you have dyslexia or you have ADHD or ADD or whatever you want to call it, it's not a disability. It is a gift from the universe, the spirits above. You are able to do things that other people can't do. And if you follow Audrey and you get her book, See Change, and you listen to her radio show, you will learn so much more than you probably did today because my funny monkey is going crazy. So what I want to do is how do people reach you so they can find out more about taming their funny monkey and just all about sea change?
0: You're so good. Thank you so much. You know, it's a very new endeavor. We're so excited. We're just launching. We have the book out soon, next month, we hope. But AudreyLawrence.org is just that easy go-to. Some short codes coming, some giveaways, some promotionals. I know I'm going to be speaking to you again. I want to have you back on my show, so we'll talk more about it. But a new radio show gives me a really great opportunity to reach people who want to learn cool new things to help hack science and level the playing field for success. And I'm really excited to do that with like world-class guests, especially you. Um, and just get to the bottom of it for people. Make it fair.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I am so excited about your success. And the one thing I really just love and adore about you is that you're an action taker. You decide, you plan, and then you act. And I just think that is so, so powerful. And you are going to change the world. So thanks for being here today.
0: Well, you're kind. I am a humble student and learning from you and you've allowed that to happen. So kudos to you, Rob. I appreciate you so much.
1: And that concludes another episode of the Living the Law of Action show. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the reviews that you've been so kind to leave on iTunes. If you like the show, please uh, rate, review and subscribe. It means so very much to me. And I will say, the DMs on my Instagram um, have been quite overwhelming. It's 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 really humbling with the stories that you've shared. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so glad that even one person is, is getting inspiration and transformation and motivation and living their life in inspired action. Remember, keep breathing. You got this. Decide, plan, act and live a life of inspired action. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action Show with Mr. Action, Rob Actis. Please rate, review, and subscribe.